this is kind of a classic end of the parak. Um, in many mesechtas, you'll find like lighter stuff, uh, you know, uh, stories and things like that. So even in Yavamos, even in Yavamos, towards the end of the parak, you get a little bit, uh, you know, a, a little light, at least for Yavamos. But uh, we'll see how we, where we get today. Okay, uh, the, the Dafa Shavua uh, guy even, uh, Adler sent me a, uh, called me the other day, he's trying to, you know, they're mechazic everybody, he could be a Shakoach, I'm finishing the first track of Yavamos, so there's going to be some type of poster they're going to send us or something. So everyone should feel we're getting close next week. Finishing the first paragraph of Yavamos is not done. So uh, it's good. Okay, so we are from the bottom, counting from the bottom. We are 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11 lines from the bottom of Tez Zayin Amad Aleph. Uh, we just finished, Rabbi Kiva just got insulted by, uh, by uh, Rabbi Dosa Ben Herkinus' brother, Yonason, and he uh, took it with class, you know, and uh, insulted himself back. Um, but now we're getting back to some of these questions that came up uh, in the three, the three halachos that Chagai had, uh, had Paskandan, right? As we said, many hundreds of years before, before Rabbi Dosa Ben Herkinus, and the last two. So one of them was about Saras Abbas, and now the other two. So Amun Moav Ma'asrin Maiser Ani Bishvis. So what does that mean that the areas of Amun Moav, again, which you said on the eastern side of the Jordan River, which in the times of the first, you know, first kibush, uh, all the way up to the first base of Midrash, were considered, you know, Eretzel proper, Ruven God, Chati, Sheva, Menashe, all lived in those areas, and they had the halacha of, you know, everything, Shvi'is, you know, uh, you know, Shvita, Meiser, Truma, all, all the halacha was applied in that area, but then when it came time for the uh, second knot, so we'll see right now, what does this mean that, that, that now these areas we take Meister Ani during Shemitah year, right? Which we said before, it doesn't really make any sense. Either it's Kedush Zeret Yisrael and Shemitah, or it's not Kedush Zeret Yisrael and then there's no Meister anyway. So which, which one is it? So it says Gemara, the Amr Mar, Harbe Krachim Kivshu Ole Mitzrayim, Velo Kivshu Ole Baba. There were many cities that those who came from Eretz, from Eretz Mitzrayim, meaning the first time that Am Yisrael came to Eretz Yisrael, they conquered those lands, those cities, and the people who came from Baba did not reconquer them. This is a uh, you know, kind that comes up all over Shas. At the original Kibush, the original Kedusha that came to Eretz Yisrael because we had conquered it was only temporary. It was only for those, I don't know, between 400 and 500 years we were first in Eretz Yisrael before being kicked out. Sorry, it's longer than that. Um, but the first amount of time before we were first kicked out in the time of uh, the Gaulus Babel um, was only temporary but not forever. And he left them on purpose. Right? And they specifically didn't give them Kedusha the second time so that the Anim had somewhere to go during, uh, during the Shemitah year. Okay? So that was, that was the reason why uh, they were left out. Look at Rashi just for a second. Rashi says, Ukedusha Rishona. It's like um, 12 lines up in Rashi. Right, the times of Yoshua ben Nun, when they came in, they, they it was only only gave kedusha for that moment, but not for the future. Therefore, they would plant there in times of shemitah. Right? They specifically left that land not as kadosh in order that uh, the daniim in times of second base of midrash would have a place to go. They could they could uh, they could. Um, they could uh, plant there, etc. Live like a shikha, a 
allow uh, them to give my sharani, etc. We could provide financially for the, the poor people during Shemitah. Okay, next halacha. And the third one was in Bakamun Geirim Minar Kardumim. Vat Hardumim, right? They would accept Geirim from the Kardumim and the Tardumim. So the Gemara says, Any, really? Vatani, Rabbi Barachesko, Rabbi Barachesko said, Ain Bakamun Geirim Minar Kardumim. Karduyim. Right? He said that we don't accept Geirim from the Karduyim. So Amrav Ashi, Kartuyim Itmar. Kide Amra Inchi, Kartuyim Psulim. No, he didn't say that we don't accept Geirim from. The Karduyim, but from the Kartuyim. I guess they're two different places. One place is Kardui, and one place is Kartui. And they, uh, and, and really they, they don't accept the people from that place, but from the, the Karduyim, they do accept Geir. Okay. Vikida Amre, or another possible answer. Tani, Rabbi Yecheskel, Eimekalim Geir Mina Kartuyim. Rabbi Yecheskel said, we do not accept Geir from Kartuyim. My love, Hanu Kartuyim, Hanu Kartuyim, is that the same place? Rav Ashi, Lo, Kartuyim Lechod, the Kartuyim Lechod. I know, they're two different places. Because again, we say that the Kartuyim are possible to become, uh, to become Jews. Um, okay. Um, yeah. And just to be clear, I think we're going to see it more as we move along, uh, but this will actually help us understand the next piece. The reason why someone would be, would be possible to become a Jew or to, become, to be a Gare, there, there are different reasons why that might be. Uh, but typically, again, sometimes it's because the Torah says so, right? So certain individuals. But, but for the most part, the, uh, an individual who's puzzled to, to, to not accept them as a gear, so why would that be? So we mentioned before that the Karduyim were, um, that the Karduyim, did we mention this yesterday? I think we did. Maybe we did, maybe we didn't. Let uh, me make sure I'm going to say it in a second. Let me just explain it now, just in case. If we get there later, that's fine. Uh, that basically there was a concern that some of these individuals, and we're going to see more in detail in, in a moment, uh, that if someone was a Jew already, and then they, you know, uh, stopped keeping mitzvah. So this person converts. This, happen, this, this happens, right? So if someone, someone will convert. Um, it'll happen, you know, every once in a while, someone, you know, the conversion already was not so, L'Shem uh, Shemayim, they wanted to get married, etc., and they converted to Judaism. And then what happens? They end up, you know, divorcing the Jewish man that they, that they uh, or woman who they were marrying, and they become like totally totally uh, secular again. They have no connection to Judaism. So they'll say, oh, I, I rejected it. You know, I, I converted, but now I, I went back. I actually was at a, I was at a, at a uh, holiday party once for Khani's work. And I was next to a guy and he says, oh yeah, I converted, but then I converted back to Christianity. So that guy actually hadn't converted halakhically anyways. But the point is that that doesn't really work, right? Once you are Yisrael af bishachati Yisrael, a Jew is a Jew forever. So that applies to a Jew who's born a Jew. It's also true for, true for a Jew who converts to Judaism halakhically and then decides to unconvert. There's no such thing in halacha as unconverting. So if there's a person who converted to Judaism and then said, forget, I'm not interested in keeping mitzvot, and then they say, oh, I want to convert again. So that doesn't work. <laughs> We're not going to be macabre like air in that way from those people because they're really already Jewish. Right? And, they, and, and so that, that might be part of the case here. Um, so we'll see as we move along what exactly the concerns were about these, uh, about these individuals. Um, okay. Um, or because there's a concern that these people are actually Jewish in Mamzerim, in which case, again, same concern. People will treat them as full Jews, even though they're really already Mamzerim, and they have those, those concerns also. So we'll see that as we move along. Um, okay, so says the Gemara, four lines from the bottom. Rabbi Yochanan, this Savya, Savya is a person. So, so Rabbi Yochanan and Savya both said, we do not accept Gerim from Tar, tar sorry, Tarmudim. 
from Talmudim. Um, right, even though, again, we had Chagai saying that we do accept Gerim from Talmudim. So Gemara says, Did Yochanan really say that? But he said the following in another Mishnah. And we're going to have to implot, learn something out from something he said in a different Mishnah. Uh, tehorim. So, Kolaksamim, what do you mean Kolaksamim? So, Ksamim, a little background in Hilchos Nida, right? So, in Hilchos Nida, and this is true for, by Nida for uh, uh, the Isra of a man to his wife, and it's true in terms of Tumavatara, right? That we have uh, a woman becomes a Nida by having a regular flow of her period that makes her a, a Nida, right? So, what happens if a woman just stains? So if a woman stains, so there are certain, uh, it's not, not typically considered nida da raisa, from a Torah perspective, but it's nida da midar abanan, typically. Um, and, the, uh, and the status of those stains, because it's only their abanan, so there's certain heterim which apply, certain leniencies which apply to stains, uh, if it's found on a colored garment, or if it's found on something that's not makabotuma, um, a certain size, etc. These are, those are applied for hechos nida because of that, uh, because it's a, it's, it's a, it's a chumrah. But the bottom line is that some in themselves stains also have the patent. All that that whole rule when it comes to the is uh, comes into play because we also uh, used to care and we will again, Mitzvah Hashem, care about this question in terms of tumah Batara, whether a beged that has a stain on it, a stain of of, of menstrual blood in it, that it becomes tummy. Uh, so the so the question becomes, but it's only true uh, by Jewish women. So look at the, what, the, what, the, what the mission says. Kolak sum Tehorim. If a kesem was found on, if a, if a, a menstrual uh, stain was found on, uh, on clothing, and it comes from a place called Rekem, it's Tahor. Why is the implication that it's Tahor? Because the assumption being, because it was uh, from a non-Jew. Look at Rashi. Tahorim. Rashi is Haksamim. Shinimsu bebegadim habayim mi Rekem. They're found on clothing that came from a place called Rekem. Tehorim, they're Tahor. Because even though it's true by a, by a Jewish woman, it's not true by a non-Jew. Um, okay, Rabbi Yehuda, mitame gerim v'tarim. So Rabbi Yehuda said, no, a kesen that comes from this place, from Rechem, is, is Tame. Why? Because those people were actually gerim. They were actually non-Jews, uh, actually non-Jews who converted to, to Judaism. But then they went off the derech, they, they stopped keeping halacha. Al Rashi says, "V'toim shehimiru dais datam." They they stop keeping halacha. V'gazru al kismeim sheaf al pish she shechatu shehimiru Yisraelim him. Right, even though they did averos and they stopped keeping halacha, we don't care. Their status is retained as Jews. Okay, the Mishnah continues as follows: Mibena ob dekochavim tehorim. Right, but if you find a a, a kesem from non Jews, so then again they are tahor. Okay, Vavinamban, I can turn the page. And we took a look more at this conversation and we said to ourselves, Kapasik Vitani Mibina Obdi Kochavim Vafilumin Tarmud. Right, that they accept that a, a kesem that would come from these places, uh, from non Jews, would be Tameh. And it doesn't say except from Tarmud. The implication is even from Tarmud, right? They didn't ex- ex- use Tarmud as an exception, right? So what do you see? You see from Yochanan says, you see from here that we should also accept Gerim from Tarmud. Why? Because again, the assumption being that if their Ksamim would be Tahorim, that means we're treating them as full out, full on non-Jews. If we're treating them as full on non-Jews, then there's no problem accepting them 
as, as a gerim. Because again, the only concern is that if they're not really not Jewish, they really are Jewish, but they, but they stopped keeping halacha or they're mamzerim for some reason, which we're going to see. But here they're really not Jewish. So if you're really not Jewish, then you're, uh, that's the best example of someone who can, who can convert. It's, kind of, it's not really counterintuitive, I guess, but it's a little funny. You have to be someone who's so out of the partial of being Jewish, totally not Jewish, to make sure we can accept them as Jews. Um, fine. Okay. Look at Rashi. Rafili mitarmud. He says, "Almalav b'suffik Yisrael kame." Right? It means they're not suffik Jew. If someone's a suffik Jew, you can't accept them as a, as a ger because maybe they're a Jewish Jewish person already. Um, okay. But the point is that's what Rav Yochanan said. Rav Yochanan said, based on this Mishnah, you see from here that people from Talmud can be accepted as gerim. Wait a second. I thought just before we have Rav Yochanan and Savya who said together. So what's going on? We have a contradiction. How do you explain Rav Yochanan's approach? Okay? Uh, if you want to say, yeah, he explained, maybe you could say that Rav Yochanan was just saying one could make such an such a implication from this Mishnah, but he doesn't actually hold that way. You could say, oh, that's an interesting Mishnah. And Rav Yochanan says, yeah, yeah, you could have said from here that you could accept Gerim from Talmud, but I don't hold that way. No, you don't, don't say that. Why? Rav Yochanan Rav Yochanan holds the halacha is like a stam mishnah. And again, this mishnah is a stam mishnah. So don't say Rav Yochanan doesn't hold that way. He has to hold that way. He paskins like any mishnah. A stam mishnah means any mishnah that has no, no name. It doesn't say Amar, Rebbe, etc. It's just a mishnah that says a halacha. Right? So, so Rav Yochanan holds, we paskin like a stam mishnah. So it can't, you know, it's one thing to say that he makes this diok, he, he makes this implication for the mishnah, but he doesn't paskin like that mishnah. No. He, he can't say that because Rabbi Yochan also is of the opinion that any mission that has no author, we pass them like that mission. Why, why would that be a halakhic Islam Mishnah? The, the, the idea being that a mission that has no author is authoritative in, in, in a certain sense. You think it's authoritative when you have, know who said it. The answer is sort of the opposite. The fact that it's just quoted as a Islam Mishnah means this is the halakha. Right? It's not quoted as a machlokas. It's just this is, this is the halakha. Okay, so what are we going to do? So what do we do with Rabbi Yochanan? On the one hand, he seems to say that we uh, would accept Gerim from Talmud. On the other hand, he says that we don't. So, I'm, so answer the Gemara, I'm a right in who, but I'll leave you And so the answer the Gemara says, no, yeah, I'm a right. There's two machlokas, and machlokas between I'm a right, meaning we don't know what Yochanan said. That, that one Amora, there's one Amora who says that Yochanan held that we don't accept Gerim from Talmud, and there's another Amora who holds that Yochanan holds Halakhic Islam Mishnah. And they're two different people. So maybe they're, they themselves you know, are contradicting each other, okay, but that doesn't bother us because that, they, you know, maybe one of them made a mistake. But, the, uh, but within Yochanan himself, so, uh, you know, he, he must have said one or the other, uh, so we're not totally sure. But that's how we get, you know, that's how we deal with the contradiction between Yochanan and it's not himself making a contradiction, but two of his students, whom one of them must have uh, misunderstood and gotten, not gotten incorrect. Um, okay. Fine. So the Gemara continues, what, so what's, the, what's going on here with Tarmud? What's, what's so bad about this place? Me Tarmud, my time alone. So what's the reason why Tarmud is a place where we don't want to, from, from where we don't want to accept Gerim? So it says Gemara, Pligi bar Rabbi Yochanan v'Savya. So Rabbi Yochanan and Savya themselves actually, even though before they would, the, the two of them were together in saying that we don't accept Gerim from Talmud, they themselves have a machlokas about why not. And what is that? Chad Amar Mishum Avde Shlomo v'chad Amar Mishum Benos Yerushalayim. And one says because, so one says because of the, the servants of Shlomo Melech and one, and one says it's because of the daughters of Yerushalayim. So what does that mean? So if you look in Rashi, Avde Shlomo, Rashi explains a little bit more there. The Gemara will explain the, the other case in a minute. Avde Shlomo, Shenasu Benos Yisrael, you have to use the Bach here, that Shenasu Benos Yisrael, Becheskas 
Oshran. It's not a very nice thing to say about the Jewish people, but that basically the, the um, of Shlomo HaMelech had Avadim who were not Jewish and they had come from other places, but they were actually very wealthy. Um, and what happened? The Benos Yisrael, there were Jewish women who, decided, who wanted to marry them because they could live a nice life because they were very wealthy. And so there were women who married them, these men uh, who were not Jewish uh, because of their wealth. Uh, and so then they had children and, their, uh, and the assumption was that their children were not Jewish. Um, even though we know that's not really true, right? Um, the, the, children, the, the wives were Jewish. So what's the halacha in such a case? And there's a, there's a machlokas about this case. What, what creates a mamzer? Uh, typically we pass in that a mamzer is created in a relationship where uh, there's an, uh, there's an isakare. So for example, uh, a, woman, a married woman who would have an affair um, you know, with another, another man, another Jewish man, or, um, in such a case, so that they would have a child, so the child there is a mamzer. Because that's the case where it would relate would result in in, in, in isrikaris. Um, so, but here the svar is that even in a situation where a non-Jew would marry a Jewish woman, again she's not married to somebody else, just a non-Jew marries a Jewish woman, that that would create would create a mamzer. So, um, in that case, so what's the assumption? Assumption is that they that uh, these women who married these non-Jewish men had children with them, and they thought that their children are just not Jewish, but in fact they are Jewish because their mothers were Jewish. And they're mamzerim, according to this approach. So they were living in Tarmud. So mishum, uh, mishum, uh, mishum avdei shlomo, what that means is, the reason we wouldn't accept gerim from Tarmud is because they are Jewish, but they're mamzerim. So, uh, so those children, the people living in that town, was basically called mamzer town. So they're not going to accept them as, as, as gerim because they're Jewish. And they also can't marry regular Jews because they're mamzerim. Um, and so that's the reason why Tarmud was this place that was sort of targeted as a place where people were told, you can't accept gerim from that place. Uh, so that's, that's what it means, Mishum Abdei Shlomo. Bechad Amar, Mishum Benos Yushalayim. And some say because of the daughters of Yushalayim, which we're going to explain right now. Uh, the Gemara is going to explain. So it says the Gemara is follows. Bishlam, Alamanda Amar, Mishum Abdei Shlomo. Kasavar, Ovigokhavim, Ve'eved, Habal, Bas Yisrael, Havlad Mamzer. I understand when it comes to Mishum Abdei Shlomo, you're dealing with a non-Jewish man who, who has a sexual relationship with a Jewish woman, and that the children are Mamzer. I, I get it. That's, that's, you're saying that's fine. What does that mean? What's the concern in such a case? So, Yosef uh, and Rabbanan have a machlokas about this case. And both say the name Rabbi Barachana. It's a machlokas what Rabbi Barachana said. But it's not that different, you'll see. Some say that they were the times of Chorban Beis HaMikdash, that there were 13,000 uh, soldiers and 6,000 archers, right? Keshet, like a, like a bone arrow. Or 13,000 soldiers, and among them were 6,000 archers, meaning that 6,000 plus 7,000 makes a total of 13,000. But regardless, however many, however many thousand it was, whether it was 13,000 or 19,000, at the time when they came to the base of Mikdash, Hakol Nifnu Al so most people went running after the, the gold and silver of the Jewish people to grab it. And they went, they went to, to rape Jewish women in Yerushalayim. There's a pasuk in Eicha that they went and they, and they raped Jewish women. 
So what, is that, what, what does that have to do with anything? What does that mean? So the point being that if these women were raped, so what would happen? The women from that relationship, the, the children from those relationships um, are, are mamzerim also. Um, because again, that's the same svara of a woman who had, would have a child, Jewish woman having a child with an Obed Kochavim, that that child would be a mamzer. Again, it's not, that's in Yana University except the uh, psak. Uh, Yochan, I think, disagrees with that psak. Uh, that psak and things that in that case they're not mamzer. But that would be, again, that would be, it would make everyone consistent with the two cases. Ate Shlomo and Menos would now both be cases of children who uh, were the result of a relationship between a non-Jewish man and a Jewish woman, but the same thing would be true. I mean, the other possibility is that the, that tar, Tarmud was a place where these children lived. These children who were the, who were the, um, the product of this, this you know, relationship, uh, this, this case, or rape, but, but of a non-Jewish man to a, to a Jewish woman. Um, okay, fine. Um, and now we're going to talk a little bit about the, a couple of these cases from the... From the uh, from the story of, of the Chorban. So Amr Yonasan, Pasuk says, Sar Olam Amro. So Yonasan says, this Pasuk, the Sar Olam, the Sar Olam is some Malach, or actually it's a Malach, but it's a, uh, um, but it's, uh, you know, some, some very, very powerful Malach who has some type of control over the world, whatever that means. We know the Rebbe has control of the world. He has the hand control to the Malach. But whatever it means, this Malach has, who has significant control. Um, what did he say? Nara Gam Zakanti, and we know the Pasuk ends, we mentioned this puzzle before, which is probably why it's coming back. Right? I was an old man, and I, I was young, and I became an old man, and I never saw a tzaddik being uh, you know, left, left without food. So, man amre. So, who said it? He says, Hashem, I got old, Hashem doesn't get old. Well, David, Amre, you want to see David got David Melech said it. Me, Kashish, Kulehai, did David get so old to become a zakin? It's funny because David Melech, they saying, David Melech only turned 70 years old. He lived to be 70. Uh, it's kind of old in the times of, you know, uh, the, the Gemara at least. But I guess in the times of Tanakh, 70 wasn't, so, wasn't really so old. Uh, so again, so who could it be? El Shmamina, Sarah Olam Amro. So it must be the, that the Malach, the Sarah Olam, was the one who said, who said this line. Okay. The Amr Mishmuel. Right, so this is a you know a case we mentioned before. This is a little different approach, right? That everyone that everyone uh, ran to the gold and silver, and they ran to uh, the sifrei Torah. Uh, so, right? That you told us that we can't have an Amon and Moab can't come and marry into the Jewish people. Again, Amon and Moab are allowed to become Jewish, but they can't marry Jew- other Jews. So that was something that was, you know, very uh, obviously upsetting to them. They felt they were being discriminated against, so they burnt the Torah because they uh, they felt it was discriminating against them. Um, fine. Uh, continues the Gemara. Another pasuk. Again, these are all pasukim in Eicha. Um, Hashem is the creed concerning Yaakov and, uh, and those that are around him should be uh, like the Tzara, like the, we, use, we use this word on also, right? Here it means Tzara, like, like someone who's uh, against them, right? Um, so Amarav, Kegon Humania Lefum in Ahara, right? The example of that case is uh, the people of Humania, how they act to the Jews in a place called Pumnahara. So that, that again, this is like showing the way the, the, the non-Jews um, treated 
the Jewish people. Um, okay. Uh, so what happens if a non-Jew uh, is Makadish, a woman, today? Right? As we just mentioned before, because we talked about this case of uh, a Jewish woman marrying non-Jewish men. So what happens in such a case if a non-Jewish man marries a non-Jewish woman? So we are Choshish the Kedushim. We're concerned that maybe the Kedushim is real. Why? Maybe the person came from the ten tribes. Because the ten tribes who were exiled from Eretz Yisrael, and maybe now someone who comes back, and there's even studies today, certain places, maybe the, 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 the lost tribes, etc. So maybe one of these non-Jews is, a, is, a, is from the, t- the lost tribes. So Gamar says, whoa, 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 what do you mean? Faha called a parish, miruba parish, is a halacha when it comes in Yeridea. Whenever we have a question of, um, of something that's mixed in, right? So you have, uh, you know, a, uh, a, a piece of meat, right? And I take a, and I find a piece of meat on the street and it has no markings on it, etc. Right? So I say, oh, so maybe it's, uh, maybe it's kosher meat. Maybe it's a suffix. Halacha is, there's different ways to, to play this out. But the, 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 the simple concept is, whenever you have something that comes from, you know, rove, Right? And this is true, you know, can, can I assume if I order a cab in, 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 uh, today you know, on a Shabbos and I want to order a cab on Shabbos for, for uh, you know, a situation where I need to go to the hospital or something, not, not a super duper emergency, but let's say, uh, you know, uh, I need to go to, to something that's required on Shabbos. So, I need to, so someone says, okay, so ask a non-Jew, right? So I'll call a cab company. I don't know if I call the cab company as a person who's not Jewish and maybe they're a Jew. So the answer is because the vast majority of people in New Jersey are not Jewish. Called the parish, Meruba parish. Any person that you're going to pluck out, you can assume comes from the rove. That most people are not Jewish. So if I call a cab, again, if you call a cab in Yushalayim on Shabbos, right, you may have, maybe have to assume that it's a Jew. But I don't know. But, uh, but if you call a cab on, on, uh, on Shabbos in, in New Jersey, you can assume that the person's not Jewish. You don't have to check. By the way, you're not Jewish, right? You assume that the person's not Jewish. Call the parish, Meruba parish. You assume they're coming from the majority. It's the same thing here. But any non Jew, maybe they're from the 10 tribes, there are millions and millions of people in the world. Right, what is the change that that person is from the ten tribes? Call the parish, Ruba parish. So answers the Gemara, Beduchta de Kvi. No, it's only in those specific places where that are Kavua that the, non, that, that, that the ten tribes had been placed. Right, there are certain places where they, where they were living, and uh, in those cases, so those are the places where you have to be concerned that maybe in, the, in that situation that, uh, that, um, Maybe the person is a Jew. Rashi says, Once you have a kavua, a place you know that these people were living, so then it's considered not, not, not uh, for row, but it's considered 50-50. All right, so the Gemara is going to continue in the next staff with some of these more conversations about the non-Jews in different places, but uh, I guess we stop here, and uh, we'll continue the next staff next week. Okay, have a great day, everybody.